on this episode of Why Watch That. It sounded like I was going to say red pill, blue pill when you have to decide whether you're going to get into this. Because the pastor of the church is tired of Sheldon and everybody else. So he's like, look, we need a youth pastor. And Bob is like, I can do it. No, you can't, Bob. And the secretary's chain smoking it all. is like, no, you can't. Kicking some tail, whether you see the camera's jerk or not, or whether she's really doing it. This stunt woman's doing it. I don't know who's doing it, but she is kicking some bootay. It's written beautifully. It's at, no, no, it's not beautiful writing, but like the writing is really good. Because it's okay. like, I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> I mean, the son, my attention, my son. Jamie was with Keely. Roy is now with Keely. Somebody else wants to be with Keely. Everybody wants to be with Keely. Why? Why watch that as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head to head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome, Welcome to, to Why, Why Watch, watch that. that. Critic? Yes. Critic! What? Have you heard? We just got a buy me a coffee page. Uh-oh. <laughs> Boy, come on. It's a place where listeners can support our work for as little as $5. $5. Pretty much the price of a coffee. I don't drink no coffee. What you talking about? Well, you don't drink anything but water <laughs> and eat raw potatoes. But <laughs> I guess they can buy you a popcorn. How about that? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, everyone, look. Visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash why watch that to support our work or purchase our valuable resources. Yeah, you know what? We just added the TV trackers to help you curate a collection of shows you'll love to watch. So find this and more ways to support us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash why watch that. So Critic, are you going to buy me a coffee? Maybe. The Why Watch That Talk. Well, 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 it looks like we have a television talk. Ooh. Ooh. Television. Does anybody say that anymore? I don't think so. (laughs) I did. (laughs) Television talk. And we've got like all facets of TV tonight or today or whenever you're listening to this. We've got TV premieres. We've got a couple series that we want to talk about. We have a a series that we've missed. (laughs) So we've got seasons (laughs) coming back. Uh, we've got a finale or two, and then we have a sneak peek. So it really, really is all about the TV. So while we're talking about it, we may as well dive into this new show. It's a limited series, and it's on Hulu. And you can check out the first three episodes. It's called Dope Sick. Ooh, Ooh. what? Dope Ooh. Sick. And, you know, you, you, you spread those words apart. And you've got like, that's dope, man. That's sick. But I don't think that's what this is talking about. It's one word, dope sick. And the cast is super recognizable as you will go through Critic. And not only that, I have a feeling that a couple of these folks, it's their first time we're seeing them on television. 
or at least on television for a long time because some of these are feature folks. So what is this dope sick about? And, you know, with only eight episodes and it being limited, is this something we need to invest our time? Yeah. Oh, and it's tough. Now, the question I will say, Ref, the question when I was watching this and I didn't finish the third episode, but I'm in it and I will finish. I was I was thinking to myself, this is interesting timing with the FDA and now. Interesting. So how so? Mm. So here's what's going on. This tells essentially the story of OxyContin. So right. how it was approved, how it was marketed, how they made money, how it was uh, sold to doctors, how doctors prescribed it, what happened to people who were, you know, prescribed the medication, how that affected communities, especially uh, mining communities and rural communities, and then how that led to investigations by the feds and, you know, all kinds of legal problems. So that's what it's about. And you have the Purdue Pharma family, the Sacklers. So Purdue Mm -hmm. Pharma, and of course, this is based on real events. Purdue Pharma is owned by the Sackler family. They've always been owned. And this family, they, it's kind of like a mini succession. (laughs) I was going to ask that. Yeah, yeah. They are, you know, they are trying to assert themselves and have control and power. And the one who's in charge right now is played by Michael Stuhlbarg, Richard Sackler. And he goes, this medicine we have to help cancer patients deal with their pain. What if we can make it a medicine for everybody? Oh, my gosh. Oh, gross. Turn it into OxyContin. And this is an opioid. It's like a class two, which, you know, is addictive and all that other stuff. But oh, yeah. They worked out a deal with the FDA to come up with a new classification where it's noted that it is not likely to be addictive. No one's ever seen this before. How did this happen? You'll find out. Mm. And what they do, Ref, is they shuttle between different times. So you see uh, the furthest time in, 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 you know, the furthest they go as far as we're seeing in the first three episodes is when they're questioning doctors and other people about it in courtrooms. Yes. So you have the feds going on. You have the assistant U.S. attorneys, um, one of whom is played by Peter Sarsgaard. And there's a doctor and other doctors. But the main doctor that we follow is played by Michael Keaton, mm. Dr. Phoenix. He's a, a doctor in a mining community. One of his patients is played by Caitlin Deaver. You know, she works in the mine. She has something to prove. Her father did. Traditional family. She has some other stuff going on that she has to contend with. Okay. And like you see all of them as people as well. We see how Purdue uh, sent out their salespeople, the tricks and things they do to get them to buy. And we have somebody played by Rosario Dawson. Yeah. A DEA agent. Yeah. Who, you know, she was not quite sold on this, and the feds come to her and she starts looking into it. Okay. So we can see the beginnings of this from the Sackler family, their whole scheme to sell it, how they did it, all of these people involved. Again, you have doctors and the FDA, and you got the FBI and whoever else, and all kinds of people, DEA, all of that's there. 
Now, here's what I have to say. It's really two things going on here. They're the personal stories because they do try to make these people people. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, in the first episode, I was like, mm, it's lacking urgency. Like, I want to get like, let's get to it. Get to the matter. Dope sick. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, then you also have the whole story of the creation, distribution, the federal investigation of it. That had urgency, but it seemed clinical. Mm. But then in the second episode, I thought there was a better balance. However, I have to say the dialogue can sound more like a message than the way people actually speak at times. Hmm. Um, But I kept watching because I was interested in the story. Uh, They do have a good cast. And again, the question for everybody is, as they're watching, are you going to be thinking about now? I'm not going to say. Well, this is going to be super interesting. Um, as it pans out over the next, what, five episodes, because you can catch the first three already on Hulu, and then it'll be released week by week. So Hulu's been doing that. Have you noticed that? Just keeping us on the edge. They'll they'll release a good number of episodes, and then then we have to wait week to week. Ah! (laughs) They want you to pay them fees per month. Come on now. They sure do. Gonna drag it out. (laughs) But here's where you don't have to wait. Mm. It's called Netflix. Netflix. Netflix is like, look, we you can watch it all. You can skip work and watch the whole thing, or you can <laughs> spread it out. You do you. And Netflix has a new. It is a phenomenon. It is a it's in the zeitgeist. Everybody's talking about Squid Game. Now I haven't seen it yet. I don't even know exactly all of what it is, but everybody's talking about it, including SNL. So (laughs) you've checked it out. It sounds like, what was that um, game people were playing on YouTube? Um, The kids were playing it. I can't even think of what it was called, where you take on this character and um, I can't remember what it was. This sounds like it is Mm. definitely something you're going to be talking about at the water cooler. And in your Zoom calls and wherever else you run into people nowadays. Yes. Um, yeah. It, I mean, it's a global sensation when it, you know, when it first released, it was number one in every Netflix territory. It overtook um, uh, our boy from France. And so, Bridgerton. So, I mean, and Bridgerton. It, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's a huge hit. Why? Because it's about money and violence. Let, let's get real. Let's stop. Let's not play. And I'm not saying that negatively. Now, um, Fortnite, Fortnite, Fortnite. Oh, I mean, but this is yes. that's that's a game. But this is okay. <laughs> so what we have is this: we in the first episode you meet the main character Ji Hoon, and uh, you know I may be saying all these names wrong. Um, of course, we're in South Korea, and we can see he's in trouble. Okay, he's gambling his mother's money. She doesn't even know. And, you know, they can't pay the bills. He's out of work. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, if you have a gambling addiction, you might owe. And who you owe, they ain't playing. And we can see that confrontation early on. Now, what happens is he's in the subway, which as a former New Yorker, I'm like, look how clean that subway is. And... What happens is 
<laughs> and so a guy sits right next to him at the subway because of course he you know misses it the the train that's there and essentially they get into a little game where the guy's like look i'll give you 10,001 that's their cur- cur- uh, currency if you play this game with me and win if not you owe me now he has no money and you know he loses so what comes of that now i won't tell you but in the end he is invited to play a much bigger game like that to win money will he accept now to get into this game you have to be invited why how how do these people find you and if you accept you know you have to call a number and accept they'll come to get you at a specific place they'll tell you and you won't know where you're going now you don't know any of this is happening until it happens Mm-mm, nope and, and when you know <laughs> when they get when they get to the place Jihun is number 456 out of 456 players. Mm. Mm. And he immediately meets number one, an elderly gentleman who has like brain cancer. So what is he doing in there? Mm. He also sees a childhood friend, friend of me from his neighborhood who made it. I mean, this guy went to a major university, made a lot of money. You know, his mother still lives in their town, has a shop and brags on him and all of that. And his name is Sung Woo. Now, Jihun is like, what are you doing in here? In addition, there's a young woman, June, uh, I'm sorry. Her name is Sebyuk. She's from North Korea. Oh, she defected. What's that about? Mm. In addition, well, Jihun and, and Sebyuk, they've met before. I won't tell you how I'm not going to give it away. But he sees oh. her and goes, wait a minute. I know you. And as that's happening, she has a run in with somebody else there. Another player who is a tough. That's what they would call him. I mean, this guy is a gangster. What is going on? And it's already starting off violent. Now, they play a game to win money. There's a piggy bank in the ceiling. Okay, and they in this larger game, there are like six games you have to play. If you survive all six games, you get all the money in the piggy bank. And there's a certain amount of one per player. This so sounds like player, Hunger Games. <laughs> doesn't it? Doesn't it? So if a player is eliminated, ref, all of the money goes into the piggy bank. For them, so you that you want to uh, eliminate that person so you can get That's, that. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now why would all of these people want to play this game? They all owe lots of money. That's why, and they all have different reasons for owing that money. All kinds of different backgrounds, walks of life. They're all in there together. Now, every game they play is a childhood game. They don't know what it's going to be until they play it. And there are time limits on when you need to finish. And whoever wins, wins. If not, you're eliminated. What does it mean to be eliminated? I don't like the sound of that. Mm. So the first game, they find out. And one of the rules is, if 
the majority of people agree to stop the game, the large game. You stop, you go back to where you came from, done. But you don't get any money. Now, do we see them stop at any point? And if they get out, will they come back? Can you come back? And in the end, is anybody going to get that money? And the thing is this, I'm talking about the players. Who's running this game? Yeah. There are all kinds of people in masks. They have a hierarchy. There's some top guys. There's the top guy and then a guy underneath him. Now, the top guy doesn't want to come from his little lair. Why not? The guy under him is the one we see more of. Who is he? They're all in masks. We don't know. And they have all kinds of people running the game of different levels. Some of them are unarmed. Some of them are armed. They have guns. Okay. And if you play this game, you stay there. You sleep there. You eat there and so on. Mm. You need permission to use the restroom. Mm. Now, that's enough of all of that. Otherwise, I'm just giving it all away. You never do that. (laughs) I know. Now, after the first episode, I wasn't blown away by it, but I was entertained and intrigued. Second episode, this is a rare show, Ref, when I would say the they actually, the urgency comes from knowing who these people are. Mm. It actually adds. So when you're outside of the game, it adds to it because it adds to the urgency of them needing, needing to win. Mm-hmm. And I okay. think throughout the episodes, the 10, they needed a little more outside of the game. Now, that's an interesting comment. Yes. Because sometimes in the game, you're like, ugh. Like episode six, you'll if you've seen it, you know what that is. It was just too long. I was like, okay, this game, we know where it's going. And, you know, it was a sad thing where, yeah. you know, they had to play a game when they were like, oh, oh, I thought it was this, but it's not. Now, you know, you're my enemy. It, it just... <laughs> Like and and then the ca- one of the characters who, that we lost in that one I didn't really like it but anyway what I would say is that if you have not started this it's on Netflix you're thinking oh should I binge this I wouldn't mm. I would not binge this my brother and I we were like we'll watch it and you know here and there and you'll know how far you need to go but you will need to br- I mean after a while game after game after game it's just kind of like okay I need a break yeah. now the larger point of this is it's a comment on capitalism you know but I would say this to the creators you can read this show different ways it depends on your philosophy of money if you think money is intrinsically bad then yes but if you don't if you believe that money is a representation of time and energy there's a difference here there's a difference and it's also how you uh how you view humanity Okay, so Mm. I think that you can have multiple reads of this show, which is a good thing. And at the end, you know what I was thinking about, Raph, at the end of season one, we'll see if there's a season two. You know, there will be if it's that popular, you know, Netflix. I was thinking The Matrix. You know what? It sounded like it sounded Mm -hmm. like I was going to say red pill, blue pill when you have to decide whether you're going to get into this 
No, I didn't say that. The ref said it. Okay, don't come for me. I'm not giving anything away. But what? there you go. Oh, I'm, I'm not. I haven't seen it, everybody. Yep. So I'm sorry if I. I don't know what I'm saying at that point. Okay. okay. But if if you haven't seen it, you might see something that may have an echo of that. If you're thinking that way, can they have a season two? Of course. Just like they could have a Matrix too. Mm. Here's a question for you. Are we reading subtitles? Yes. And uh, on that point, I'm glad you brought that up. A lot of people who, uh, you know, speak Korean are going, you're going to miss a lot of stuff. Um, Did I worry about that so much? Not so much. Um, again, what I wanted from them was more outside of the game. Just, I, I want, I, actually, they could have done half and half. And I think that would have been a good balance. But yes, you do have to read subtitles, everybody, unless you know Korean. Okay. Well, there is, is a bit of English. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm going to tell you this on that English and we can move on. When you figure out who's really speaking the English and they come in at the end, that was not good. Okay, no, no, that was really bad. It's like uh, in the Ip Man series when they have English and they have, you know, European people come in characters and it sounds like somebody who doesn't know English wrote it and, and somebody who doesn't know English is speaking, but they do. Like bad acting and bad writing. Mm. So that, boy, I mean... Well, it'll be interested to see. I'll be interested to hear from you listeners if you take a peek at Squid Game, if you like it. And if you prefer to watch it in uh, with its subtitles or with the English-speaking um, dubs, we'll see how that pans out. Oh, no, not dubbing. Well, so it's an international phenomenon. I can't imagine everybody reading. Just say it. Um, <laughs> let's talk about a show that both you and I are so excited to have back in our lives. It is... Young Sheldon. Oh, 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 oh. It's back on CBS. And this is season five. We already know it's coming back for, I believe, two more seasons, if I'm not mistaken. And mm-hmm. um, it is definitely bittersweet because Young Sheldon is starting to become, you know, not as Young Sheldon. But the question <laughs> really is. Is that what this season so far is about? Is it about Sheldon? Hmm. I think that we have something to talk about that happened at the very tail end of last season that both you and I were <gasps> shocked yeah. oh. to see and hear about that's carried over to this season. Yes, and that's Sheldon's father you know, gets in a fight with Sheldon's mother. They get into a fight. He storms off. He goes to the local bar. The neighbor is there. She's now divorced. What happens at the end of season four? Oh, well, we find out in season five at the beginning. Nothing really happens. But something happens. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, some, well, something occurs that stops the midstream wherever they were going. And it involves a hospital. And so Sheldon's mother gets involved and has to come and, you know, deal with the father. And after all of this, dad and neighbor, they are just uncomfortable around each other. They're uncomfortable talking about it. I mean, they didn't really do anything, but it feels like they kind of did. They're trying to hide from people. Of course, 
Uh, Sheldon's grandma, Meemaw, is on the prowl. She smells something when she's talking to them. Can they hide it from her? And then in episode two, you get the payoff for me of all of that. So episode one set it up and kind of explained it. In episode two, I feel, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great episode of Young Sheldon. Uh, you not only see the whole thing between the dad and the neighbor being roped in with Mima, but you also have mom and at church and what happens with the youth pastor, because the pastor of the church is tired of Sheldon and everybody else. So he's like, look, we need a youth pastor. Mom is like, I can do it. No, you can't, mom. And the secretary's chain smoking it all. is like, no, you can't. So they have to interview youth pastors. And mom has certain criteria she wants them to meet. But does everyone agree? And the guy they hire, who likes him? Also, Sheldon's sister, Missy, what's she thinking about religion now? Are they becoming more than just twins? And when it comes to their brother, Georgie, what's his opinion of religion? I loved it. it. He came in and just simplified the whole thing. And he says it to Missy. And Missy's looking at him like, I don't know if you're a genius or you're completely stupid. But, and he goes, indeed. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I just thought that that episode was a microcosm of what makes this show great. The balance, the writing, the acting, the way they build. The question is, and I know you're going to chime in on this, Ref. The question is, as we move forward, if you know what happens in the Big Bang between the parents, can they keep that balance uh, or not? Well, the thing is, I agree with you. I don't really have any, I don't have much to add other than I just enjoyed the heck out of this show. Yeah. It is such a refresher. And if you really, to me, to me, um, being someone who was not into the Big Bang world and didn't mm -hmm. dive in deep, and I know you were not also a Big Banger, um, no. you really don't, in my opinion, have to watch, you know, four or five episodes. You, the, Sheldon is particular. I'll just say that you, you've <laughs> never seen a kid quite like Sheldon. And the voiceover from Jim Parsons is just absolutely perfect. They really, Chuck Lore has made something very, very special here. And to me, I want more and more and more and super sad that we're only going to go to seven. Um, but again, if you've seen the Big Bang Theory, Sheldon's mom, who's played, we have to remind everybody because it's so yeah. much fun. The woman playing Sheldon's mom now in Young Sheldon is the daughter of the woman who plays Sheldon's mother in the Big Bang Theory. So yes. it, it's it's perfect, you know, and, and what a great, whoever came up with that, well done to you. Yes. And we know that Sheldon's um, grandmother in the Big Bang Theory is um, quite a hoot herself. And so we know how things end up. Um, and I'm not going to ruin it. I'm not even going to say anything. But mm -hmm. you, if you're paying attention, you can see little hints of us getting towards that um, sphere and space of time. So, ooh, ooh, ooh. Can't wait for more of Young Sheldon. Love Bring it. it on. But that's not the only show that's back for season two on mm. CBS. Mm. Or the next season, rather. The Equalizer. Uh-oh, Queen Latifah is back kicking some tail, whether you see the camera's jerk or not, or whether she's really doing it. This stunt woman's doing it. I don't know who's doing it. But she is kicking some bootay. And uh, she's back for a second season. We know that The Equalizer is really interesting because it balances, like, she's literally out there kicking tail. 
but she also has a home life with like <laughs> people in her lives that she's trying to balance. How does that all pan out for season two? Well, only you can give us the deal and the dirt on the equalizer. Oh yeah. Now I've only seen the first episode Two have aired as of this recording. Um, and we know at the end of season one, Robin, the equalizer played by Queen Latifah, her daughter found out who she was. Mm. She's a former CIA operative. This daughter is a teenager. Oh, I hate when they do this. I don't like them writing like that. Whatever. And they live with Robin's aunt, played by Lorraine Toussaint. Don't you love it? Aunt V. Now, Aunt V ain't no dummy. Okay, she knew something was up, even if she didn't know it exactly. So she, there ain't no shock I did by her. But the daughter we find out in season two, you know, just wants to stay away from home and stay with a friend and, you know, can't trust mom and all this other stuff. Let me tell you something. Let me, let me tell you something. If my mother came to me today and said, hey, I was a CIA operative, you know what I would say? Oh, okay, cool. I wouldn't go, you lied to me my whole life. If my mom was a CIA operative, I'd be like, I'm sticking close to you. <laughs> you out there doing stuff that I don't know what you're doing and who you're doing it to. Mm-mm-mm. And, you know, so they have a little talk and Robin has to tell her daughter, no, hold on now. You're not going to judge me. You don't know what I'm doing. You don't know what we do. You don't know how I take care of this country and you, by the way. And Aunt V is even like, no, you better slow your roll. You better watch who you're talking to. And I thought that was a great scene. Because if you're going to have a teenager, you got to check them. Now, another thing that happens in the first episode of season two is we know that Robin and the detective, played by Tori Kittles, Marcus Dante, they have this, you know, kind of cat and mouse thing going on. You know, he's being pressured by the DA to catch her. He knows who she is, but he kind of likes her. And she helps him, but it's not within the rules. And oh, what's he going to do? But what happens is things are flipped. He needs her help with something in episode one. Does she help? You know she does. But what comes of that? And her team that helps her, the married couple, Well, the guy who is underground because people are coming after him, you know, he's a tech wizard, all of this stuff. Something happens in episode one and he goes at the end. I'm ready to go back to the real world. I'm ready Mm -hmm. to, you know, reclaim my identity. Help Mm -hmm. me, Equalizer. Can she? Because she's thinking, maybe I need to hang it all up. Now, whenever somebody (laughs) says that, you go, come on, you're not hanging this up. You ain't hanging this up because how many episodes left? You got that right. (laughs) Stop it now. So here's what I would say. If you like season one, you'll keep watching. I mean, you know, the fights have been improved. They've gotten a little better. You know, (laughs) a little more realistic. It's kind of funny, though. It is kind of funny because there's this fight in the first episode of the season. It's Queen Latifah, you know, fighting. And she's actually doing it. And it's just kind of funny because the guy she's fighting can really fight. And you're like, this is real. But then they do something to kind of like bring it back from the edge. So and I've always said this about the show. What I appreciate about it. Is it perfect? No, definitely not. But there's a they don't push. They're, Queen Latifah's chill with it. Everybody's kind of chill and professional. That's what I like about it. It's just, you can watch it and be cool, 
and just go with the procedural aspect. Nice, nice. Now, the equalizer again is in its season two, and it's really not one of those um, 22, 24 episodes per season. It's 10. So if you have Paramount Plus, you can go back and watch it um, and get right, you know, and catch up. It's not a huge commitment. Well, you actually um, can't watch um, oh, season what? one. On Paramount Plus? No. Oh, you're going to have to talk yeah. to them about that. I know. Excuse <laughs> me. I was like, what Excuse happened? Excuse me. I wonder if it's on Hulu. Wow. Gosh, how can we watch? Know. Um, you know what? What you definitely can do is you can go on Amazon and you could, or um, Apple and you <laughs> could buy it. So, I mean, yeah. if, if you're really desperate, can you watch season two without watching season one? I mean, you could, but it wouldn't be as good, you know, because okay. you wouldn't have all of that backstory. It's a procedural, but, it, you know, procedural right. now all are serials as well. So, Oh, OK. Yeah. So it's not a clean procedural. No. Um, sorry for the misinformation. I really thought you could go and watch it on Paramount Plus. Yeah, I went into Paramount Plus. I was like, no, wait a minute. Dang it all. We'll have to do something about that. Um, but let's not hang our hat on that. Because one of the most anticipated seasons of a show is, it is back. And when I tell you um, the advertisement, you got this guy saying, my father is the devil and I need to take him down. You perk up because succession (laughs) is back. And them kids are trying to get what's theirs or maybe not even what's theirs. I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to do. But uh, daddy apparently is the devil. And he's trying to hold on to what he's got. Now, this is on HBO. We all know this. It's season three. Now, it's only nine episodes a season. I know some of you are going to be like, oh, isn't it usually 10 episodes? No, it's nine. But that not necessarily a bad thing it could be a good thing to get that story moving because when i tell you you were talking about dope sick Mm. and you were talking about a family that's cutthroat um i don't think i would like to attend thanksgiving with this family i'm just saying uh wow and the first episode of this third season i mean Look, y'all, let me tell you something. We know from the end of season two that, well, the second oldest son, you always have to remember this stuff. The second oldest son, played by Jeremy Strong, Kendall, he was supposed to go take a bullet for the family. Did he decide to do that in the press conference he called? No. So it's back to him versus dad, played by Brian Cox, Logan Roy. And, you know, they're the head of this major media conglomerate. And you can think of real major media families now, if you'd like. Mm. Now, of course, Kendall has a younger brother and a younger sister. Now, this younger brother is played by Kieran Culkin. The younger sister is played by Sarah Snook. So that's mm. Roman and Shiv. And they all, the three of them, want to take over the business. They want to be the CEO. Now, the oldest child and son hasn't been a part of the business. 
but he's there. Mm. Played by Alan Ruck, Connor Roy. And, you know, he has, you know, his wife, wherever she is, and she wants to be an actor. And, you know, she had this one woman show or whatever that bombed, but, you know, they have money. So it's that whole thing. But can he be taken seriously? And does he want to be the CEO? Doesn't matter if he wants to be. Then there are also all of the executives in the company. Who are they siding with? Logan or Kendall is the question. And one of them, played by a, a favorite of ours, Jay Smith Cameron, Jerry. Now, Jerry is quiet, Cheer. but she knows what's going on. She's the general counsel, and she just waits. She waits mm. for her turn. So and in the aftermath of what Kendall did, now Logan is in trouble. And by it could mean, like, main justice trouble. Oh. He's calling the president to see what the deal is. What do they tell him? He's got a lawyer up. He's got to have a plan. He goes, oh, wait a minute. I can step back as CEO publicly. Who's going to mm. take over? Mm. Now, you still have to answer to me. And while all of that's going on, what's Kendall doing? The same thing. He's lawyering up. He's figuring out who's loyal to him. He's finding out how to communicate with the media. Who's going to win mm. is the question. And the real question is this for Logan, the father. Does he kind of like what Kendall's doing? Because he don't like no weak children. Mm -hmm. So while he may hate what Kendall's doing, does he kind of respect it? Is he scared a little? Mm. Even? And the question for Kendall is, can he keep it together? Because we know he has a past. He has a problem with drugs and all other kinds of stuff. Now, the thing about succession is this. I mean, if you look at the Metascore, it's like 90-something. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, everybody's talking about it. I mean, these critics can't get enough. In the first season, I was like, I really liked it, but y'all are crazy. Second season, I think when Kendall was on, I thought the show just worked. It really is a Kendall Logan show. When they keep them as the drivers of the plot, it's great. And I enjoyed season two more than season one. Watching the first episode of season three, I said to myself, it's flawless. Like you cannot find a problem in this show. It's written beautifully. It's at, now, now it's not beautiful writing, but like the writing is really good. Because it's okay. I was like, stuff. whoa, okay. <laughs> I mean, those my attention, my son. Yes. There's a moment when Kerry Culkin's character, Roman, you know, they're they're all traveling to the plane and you know, they have a little van going there. Logan's in there. He's like, Should I get it with you? And Logan's response to him is not beautiful, but it's great writing. <laughs> okay. And the acting, I mean, the cast is is perfect. It's just it's just a well-oiled machine. You can't find a flaw. I could watch this all the time. Mm. But is it is it it's not I'm not watching it going ooh 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 like it's drawing me in. It's more like ooh, let me stand back and watch these ants. It's kind of like that. So I mean, if you haven't started Succession, what are you waiting for if you have an HBO subscription? This is what billions wants to be. Mm, dang it all. Well, let's talk about something we're gonna say goodbye to for the season. And it is on Paramount Plus, and it's called Evil. Ooh, you, you've talked about it. It's already renewed for season three, so don't worry if you're a huge fan. Um, 
I've heard you talk quite often about evil in that it isn't what it appears to be all the time. Like the show, because we know who the showrunners are. And we, I mean, listen, the Kings, these are the same people who did The Good Wife, The Good Fight, among other shows that we've seen. We really respect their work. This is them doing what they do. And that is never in, in a box that is expected, procedural, la la la, never giving you what you expect. And my question to you, Critic, is were you thoroughly enjoying season two? Were you surprised in, in that good old King fashion, King's fashion rather? Or is this a fading light? drifting in the distance and we can move on oh we are not going to move on let me tell <laughs> you so this season they're deepening the evil in the team so let's talk about this let's remind the people so what happens is there's a team of experts who work for the catholic church that investigate possessions and other strange things to see whether they're real or not uh, to see whether there needs to be an exorcism and so on. And even in this season, we get into exercising spaces like homes. And the guy who does that is not liked by a particular member of the team. Mm. Now, this team of three is Dr. Kristen Bouchard, played by Katja Herbers. David Acosta, who's becoming a priest, he's close to it in season two. And at the end of season two, the question is, does he get ordained? Played by Mark Coulter. And there's Ben Shakir, played by Asif Manvi, who, Ben is a contractor. He knows, you know, he goes, wait a minute. No, I know how that works. Wait, let's check the pipes. Let's let's see if it's the home settling. Let's check the computers, you know, things like that. Let's get a monitor to see if we can detect anything scientific. So he doesn't believe, and Dr. Bouchard doesn't believe either. But she's there oh. as the psychologist. So, of course, she has to check, is this a psychological thing or not? This sounds like The Conjuring on steroids, <laughs> like an episodic The Conjuring. But okay. Yes, if, if The Conjuring had some comedy in it. Yeah. Now, the forces of evil, the devil's minions, it's expanding. But the main person who represents them is played by Michael Emerson. Dr. <laughs> Leland Townsend. And Leland is another psychologist. He is the foil for Kristen. Mm. Now, here's what's happening in season two for these team members. They're changing. Kristen, is she turning evil? Not going to the side of evil, but using some evil tricks and tools. She's getting violent. Mm. And at the end of season one, we saw how that began. You come for her daughters and you may not come again. Now, keep in mind, our husband is off running the family business where they do hikes and tours up mountains and stuff. But he comes in and out. And in this season, he's looking at her when he comes back and goes, you have changed. Mm. He sees an incident in a supermarket where she takes matters into her own hands. Now, she has her, her own psychologist who helps her out. And he is looking at these people going... Can I write a book about this? Like, you know, 
but he sees something that gives him pause. Mm. I won't tell you what that is. Now, when it comes to David, David has a past. He, you know, he was a reporter and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And he was a sex addict. I mean, he is dealing with things. And again, he's trying to be ordained as a priest. So all of this keeps coming to him and he has to battle it. And there's something going on between him and Kristen. What is it? Something like that or something, 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 oh, something. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'll see what that is in season two. At the end, you might go, don't you, don't, don't, don't. Do they? Oh, no. And for Ben, he doesn't believe. Does he have reason to believe after season two? He's experiencing things. And he has a relationship with someone from season one that can test his belief. I'll put it that way. Now, from season one, we also know that there was this, there were these symbols that were on this this mysterious scroll that they don't quite understand. We get more of an understanding. And we get more of that understanding via Leland and keep in mind that Leland was dating Kristen's mother, played by Christine Lottie. Now, when Kristen found this out, she was very upset with her mother. But her mother, Cheryl, whose side is she on? Now, when she finds out who Leland really is, uh, who's the one who's really evil? Because she essentially tells him, I've dealt with devils before. You ain't nothing. (laughs) Uh, So he's a professed, I'm sorry, just confused. He's a professed, possessed person, or is that what he's... Well, in this season, he pretends to be possessed. Is he really? He goes through an exorcism, because I haven't gotten to that yet, but... Oh, sorry. He's trying to infiltrate the team. How? He has a way in to the Catholic Church. And at the end of season two, the way he infiltrates, it doesn't make Kristen happy. How does she respond? Hmm? Her her mother, how is she treating Leland? Because Leland introduces her to someone even more powerful. And what's that relationship like? So everybody's getting deeper and deeper into the hole. There's evil on both sides. And the question is, who's going to win? Because this is a battle for souls. Now, we also have a nun who joins the cast. And this nun, played by Andrea Martin, don't mess with her. Because... She has seen things and does see things and knows things. Leland don't want to mess with her. She is protective of David. And she wants everyone to know, look, this is real. Mm-hmm. Angels and demons. Don't play. Now, of course, you also have different cases they have to go through and different things that happen. There's this whole thing about dolls, possessed dolls. The daughters are involved. The mother's involved and all of this stuff. What is going on? Are the daughters safe as well? is a question. I will say this for evil. It's fun. <laughs> it's just fun. It's interesting the way they handle it. I want to see where they're going. Everyone moves forward in some way, in ways you expect, in ways you may not. It's the kings. They know what they're doing. 
if you like the good wife and the good fight and you want to see them tackle evil, this is the show. Is it particularly scary? I wouldn't call it that. It's fun and interesting. And when you see certain horror things, it works. It does. You will squirm and other kinds of that. Because in this season, it was like I is for IRS as an episode. C is for cannibalism was the final episode. What does that mean? So there you go with evil. It's on Paramount Plus. All episodes. Fun, 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 fun. I'm telling you, fun. Okay, not my kind of fun, but I'm going to let you handle it. Um, uh, but you know what? It does. I, you can't. You can't go wrong with the Kings. Yeah. Now, here's what a lot of other people, especially the Emmy, said you can't go wrong with, and that is Ted Lasso. We're saying goodbye to Ted Lasso for season two, and this is on Apple TV Plus. They swept the Emmys for season one. I mean, when I tell you everybody got something, I feel like that's what happened with Ted Lasso. And so the question really is, you know, sometimes repeating or doing something special again is really, really tough. And so at the end of this, both of us have seen all episodes. Is season two as special as season one? If so, how so? Um, what aspects are, and then by the time you get to the very end, and there's an end, there's a dun 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 moment where we already know what the dun 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 was. I mean, I did, everybody did. It was just sort of like, okay, we see the writing on the wall, but what exactly are they setting up for season three? Because it could get a little complicated, yeah. I, I'm just gonna say that ending, I was like, so. It didn't do We all thing. knew. We, it, we knew, we knew, we knew. So we have Ted Lasso. Everyone loves him, even if they hate him. And, you know, he, of course, pl- was an American football coach, came over to England to coach what we call soccer here. He knows nothing about soccer. He still knows nothing about soccer at the end of season two. He knows nothing. But, you know, he has a heart of gold and, you know, he's a nice guy and, you know, he's a motivator. Yeah, he's a motivator. And we find out what well, we knew from season one, but we found out more now his struggles with mental health. And there is a team psychologist who comes in. We talked about like her. Oh, magic. She's like magic. Is and she? at first she ain't feeling Ted. But, you know, they start to bond. And at the end of the season, you see what comes of that. But I will say that once you see what she was doing, I mean, I could do that. I wish they didn't show it. That's that was my I wish they didn't show it. Or you really have to play it up. It is Ted Lasso. You could play it up. It was just like, I mean, okay. anyway, (laughs) I was I was completely not impressed, but I did like the acting. Oh, she was great. Great. She milked it for everything, played by Sarah Niles. I don't think you could... It it would be completely different in someone else's hands. And you'll see why, listeners. You'll see if you haven't seen it. it, She's got a very particular take on this character. Yes, yes. And that is so important. Any good acting, you're going after something, you're clear, even if we're not as an audience. Beautiful work by her. Now, we also have the now owner of the team, Rebecca, played by Hannah mm-hmm. Waddingham, who can Emmy award winning, <laughs> Emmy, Emmy award winning. Yes, 
Let me tell you something about Hannah. Get that, get them pipes going, girl. Ooh, that girl can sing. Some people were like, wait, is that her real voice? Yes, it is. Okay, I have to, because we're musical theater. If you've seen, if you heard of the musical Spam a lot, mm-hmm. across the pond, they did the same. She was the Lady of the Lakes. That's all I'm going to say. If you know that, if you, you're like, whoa, that role. And in fact, yes. if you don't know too much, if you're a good, huge Grey's Anatomy fan, the U.S. Uh, original broadcast or original Broadway Lady of the Lake was on, gosh, Grey's Anatomy for many years. Many years. Yes. Yeah. Um, many, many years. But anyway, that girl can sing. Yes. And we see, you know, she's looking for love again after her little nasty husband, ex-husband. Ugh. He comes He's back gross. in at the end. Mm-hmm. How and with whom and with what? <laughs> now, the first time I paid attention to Anthony Head, who's the actor, was in Merlin, the TV show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he was the king. So don't play with Anthony. Anthony ain't playing. So, but the thing is, can she find love? There's this new app that comes out. Okay. And Juno Temple's character, Keely, introduces her to this app. And she finds somebody who's compatible. Who is it? Mm. Mm. Now, we also have, of course, her CFO, who's turned from a villain into a guy who's so accommodating and nice. <laughs> more, So much more accommodating than you would ever believe. <laughs> yes, exactly. So what's going on with him? And then, of course, we have some of these players. We have Jamie Tart who comes back, and Roy Kent, former player, who's now a coach. Jamie Emmy award winning. Emmy award winning. Jamie was with Keeley. Roy is now with Keeley. Somebody else wants to be with Keeley. Everybody wants to be with Keeley. Why? I mean, that's the question I have. Oh, well, she's fun and easy to go and flowing and adventurous and. No, mm-hmm. still no? no. Okay. No, they didn't build that up enough. It's just, but I mean, it is Ted Lasso. It works. But it's yeah. kind of, if you think about it, you go, okay. Uh, and you'll see how that plays out in season two. Um, now, the other thing is, there is a team member who is prepositioned. Proposition, I should say. To yeah, pro- <laughs> I was like, Oh, yeah, he. They use to and, and from. And right, for. I was like from <laughs> of there. Yes. No, he's propositioned to leave the team. His character's name is Sam Obisanya. We love Lemon Sam Tohib Jimo. Now he's had quite a season, and I mean on the show, he's been entangled <laughs> in certain things. But with who? But with whom? And the question is, will he stay with the team or not? And for the team, the question is, can they get back to the Premier League? Because they were demoted. And when it comes to Tad's coaching staff, uh-oh, not only including Roy Kent, but there's also his good friend, Coach Beard, played by Brendan Hunt. I want more of Coach Beard. I just love Coach Beard. I love him too, but not a whole episode like we talked about last oh, time. Oh, that's different. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't I, I don't need that it, much. Yeah, we need to keep it light and fun with him. And there's also Nathan Shelley, played by Nick Muhammad. I don't know what flew up his you know what, but Nathan, it, I mean, he's smelling himself. He they've been teasing that all through the season, if you notice that. They've been mm. teasing 
teasing that and it got dark to me it was really yeah you know it, it got dark really dark i mean we go from him having his clothes picked out by his parents to you know almost knives out <laughs> i mean th- nobody did anything to you they promoted you dude right <laughs> <laughs> but you'll see what comes of that man this is what i gotta say i'm done no look all right all right i want ted lasso to bring us a smile Regardless of whatever's going on underneath the surface, that's fine. Also, Ref, if you notice, from epi- from season one, the episodes were about 35 minutes long. Season two, they went to 45 on average. That's a problem. The episodes are too long. We're learning more about the characters, but it's not really going anywhere. Um, I, I just want the spirit back. For me... You know, I will start season three, but I may not finish just because it was no longer fun to watch. Mm. Well, you know, we we talked about this, um, who had the best arc through this whole season, and it's Roy Kent, but hands down. It really, to me, was his season. We got to see him go from this gruff, tough, just really, you know, <laughs> you don't want to be, you, you don't want to step you don't want to step in front of Roy's path if he's coming your way. You better get out of the way. And this season, we really saw him stretch as a human, which is why um, we, you know, I feel like part of that, you know, Emmy award he got was for both seasons. I really, really do. I think some people couldn't help but watch this season as they were voting for last season. Um, and so I do enjoy that. I am with you. Like we talked about last time, because during our check-in, um, anytime you have a musical number, sometimes the happy is pushed. We'll just say in season two, it's a pushed happiness, pushed cheesy. I really liked when there was an adversary within the group and we didn't have it this season mm-hmm. with the exception of a potential character that sort of, um, you'll find out he, this potential character emerges, um, as being, a you know, a problem. So... It was fun when Rebecca and and Ted were trying to figure each other out in season one. And then you get to this wonderful, beautiful, tender place that they arrived to. Everybody's friends, everybody's supportive. And it just, the only part of of tension was for me way too dark, way too dark. And it didn't match the tone. So for me, for season three, I will watch it. I will watch it from top to bottom. I love spending time with these people. However, I agree with you. I think we need to go back to 35 minutes. Boom, boom, boom. And then I'll end up with this. I know we were in COVID, but I want more, I want more football or soccer. I want to see what's going on in the field like we did season one. If football is life, let football be life. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. We can't end this episode without sneaking around. Mm-hmm. And you got a chance to get a sneak peek at the new show on Apple TV Plus called Invasion. A why watch that sneak peek? When it premieres, you're going to get all three episodes. But remember, Apple TV Plus is very much like Hulu. If they're going to give it to you week by week, so you have to wait. Um, and the good news about this, it's only 10 
episode. So it's not, I don't think Apple, I don't think Apple TV plus has done more than, um, 13 episodes. If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. It could be some on some other shows, but mainly they keep to the 13 episode order. Question. Are you going to make it to 10 critic with invasion? Uh, I made it to three. Um, mm. now it is an invasion of aliens. That is what it is. Like war of the worlds. And in the opening, we're in the desert. Something lands. There's a nomad there. And you go, whoa. Cut to some other storylines. One of the main storylines, there is a mother, a wife, Anisha, played by Golshifta Farhani. And, you know, this woman is capable. She has training, but she hasn't been using it. She's been raising the kids. Her husband's been out earning money. She finds out something about her husband she does not like. Mm-hmm. And maybe her husband doesn't like her. Mm-hmm. What is that about? There's also a soldier, Travante, played by Shamir Anderson. He encounters something. He and his fellow soldiers do. But who survives that encounter? There is also in Japan, there is their uh, their astro- astronaut program, all of that, their NASA. On uh, the show, they call it, I think, JASA. I don't think that's real, though. I looked it up. I was like, wait, is that what it is? No. But there is a young woman who works for JASA, and she has this connection with one of the astronauts who's about to go up to the space station. What is their connection? Is it she's just looking up to her because, you know, It's a female astronaut, you know, that's a major thing. Or is there something more underneath the surface? And then there is Sam Neill's character, Sheriff John Bell. (laughs) And it's his last day on the job. Now, we've seen this before. Your last day on the job, you encounter something strange. What's going to happen? So all of these people in some way encounter the invasion. What comes of that? What does it look like? What are the consequences of it? Because each of them has different backgrounds. Okay? Like Anisha. I mean, if you are seen as someone who is from the Middle East and so on like that, how do people treat you? So that's what I'll say about it, just setting up the storyline, because I would have to give away everything else. And what you don't about, do that. <laughs> I do not. What I, what I would say about Invasion is this. Sam Neal mm. is the show. Mm. It had urgency. When he was on the screen, I was interested. I want to know who Char- Sheriff John Bell is. What was going on around him? The mystery he was, he got into. Okay. But in the first three episodes, I think he showed up in the first episode. Something happened to him at the end. And then he disappears. I was like, what? I don't have time for this. The whole thing with Anisha and the husband was unbelievable. And not in a good way. Like, literally, I didn't believe it. Oh, okay. Excuse me. 
if you have a problem in your marriage, that's fine. If you want to leave your marriage, that's fine. I understand. But there are certain links that normal people are not going to go to. If if your family's in trouble, I don't care if you want to divorce your wife or not. You're going to do certain things for your kids to keep them safe. This man was ridiculous. There was no foundation <laughs> for it. It was absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. And that was a big part of it. Uh, it, I think it's in episode three where we get the soldier storyline finally. And the whole thing about the astronauts in Japan. Um, so for invasion, if you are a war of the world person, I would say check it out. You're going to have to have some patience. Um, I, I didn't quite have enough patience to stick out, to you know, just stick with it. Would I call it bad? I would not. I would call it frustrating. Mm, well, there you have it. This has been an awesome TV talk. You couldn't get any more um, more variety than what we have here. We've got half-hour comedies all the way to full-on dramas to sci-fi. It's all there for you to partake. Again, if you have any questions about... Um, what you should be watching, stick with us because we're watching it. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.